the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise episode joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. And we got a Thursday night affair, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac, Funk and Music. If you're a fan of old school outcasts down in the ATL as the Falcons are taking on the New England Patriots. New England laying seven in this game, Lundy, with a total of 47. Pull this one from DraftKings Sportsbook. So give me a pick on the side in a game score prediction, amigo. Uh, Let's go with New England to cover and to stay hot. Now, a lot of this is based off of the uh, Cordero Patterson uh, availability and availability, to be honest with you. Uh, I am going with this pick. I am going on the assumption that he is uh, at the very least going to be somewhat limited yep. uh, in what he can do. And so that's the reason why I'm going with New England, because already down Calvin Ridley, you add uh, a a banged up or possibly street clothes version of Cordero Patterson and Atlanta is screwed. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take New England 27 to 17. So I will be tucking under and I will be having the Pats cover on the road. Uh, yeah, I got New England to cover as well, uh, and the uh, the actual side has come down to six and a half. So Captain Hook, me mateys, coming in with a smile on his face uh, because I got a twenty three to sixteen. So you and I are very close. I'm going to take the under, uh, and I think old Captain Hook is going to be good to us on the north side of that line. It should be nip and tuck. We'll see about Patterson. Um, you know, and I agree. I think if he even does suit up, he's practiced on a limited basis this entire week. He may be at like 60, 70 percent capacity. And if you do that, you take a well Kyle Pitts in the pass game. And all of a sudden, uh, who is Atlanta got? Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, <laughs> you know, Tajay Sharp. Uh, it's not looking too good uh, for Matt Ryan and company if Pat can't get on the field against the Pats. And with that, uh, let's go ahead and lock in on this hashtag tequila Thursday. Bartender, bartender, pour us another edition of the Fade Five. Number five. All right, uh, because uh, there are limited player props available uh, at the time of taping here on this hashtag tequila Thursday, Lundy, uh, we have NFL picks here and the rest of the Fade Five, but I didn't like a fifth option. So I said, you know what? Nate Lundy always has the hockey locks of the day. And you got them just, you know, stuffed there in your pocket. So pull one out, some of those magic beans, sprinkle them on the ground. I will water them, and it will grow a money tree. So what do you got? I like this. Uh, So I couldn't come up with anything else to do today. So we'll (laughs) go ahead and let Nate make another pick. Uh I'm not really sure how I feel about this particular start to today's fade Uh five, my friend. Um, All right, let's go to the ice since, you know, Brad is going to, you know, hand me the torch. I am. am. It's a torch, but it's really more like one of those small wooden matches uh, that is already burned down to the nub. Let's take the Pittsburgh Penguins, (laughs) who will be on the road taking on Montreal. Folks, doesn't it seem like about 10 years ago that Montreal was on that magical run in last year's playoffs? Because if you look at how this team has started 
good heavens, they've looked like crap yep. and have basically made it look like this is an, an absolute anomaly that happened last year. They were just on one of those magical runs like we see in March Madness uh, with college basketball teams. That's basically what happened to Montreal, because if you recall, they were the lowest qualifying team to make it into last year's Stanley Cup playoffs, and they made it all the way to the finals uh, before losing to Tampa. So you look at this team so far this season, their record is 4 12 and two. So even though they have home ice and it's not exactly like Pittsburgh has looked fantastic, I think Pittsburgh is getting the shot in the arm that they need with the return of Sidney Crosby. So at minus 145 on the money line, let's take those Penguins to waddle their way out of Montreal with a victory. Ah, feed the pins some fish. And, and thank you, Luddy. Hopefully it didn't burn your fingers off. Number four. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Let's get in our first player prop here on this Thursday night football edition. And let's start with the guy that finally found the end zone. And no, I'm definitely not going back to that well, especially when the odds are like plus 150 at some sports books for him to score a touchdown in consecutive weeks. Yeah, I'm talking about Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. Uh, I am on the under 55.5 receiving yards here in London. Now, Myers splits time between the slot and outside. He lines up in the slot 51.5% of the time. He's seen a sizable 7.6 targets per game, but he is wide receiver 91 in yards per target at 6.4. He has been under this total in five straight games. Yes, you could take advantage of the Atlanta Falcons in the slot because that's where Avery Williams uh, man's up, and he's given up a 124.3 pass rate to his assignments. Seven wideouts have gone over this uh, string of nickels against uh, the Atlanta Falcons this season, but I-, I don't think Myers will be numero ocho here. So I think it's like 5 for 49, which is a, a very normal night for Jacoby Myers. So again, give me the under 55.5 receiving yards minus 115 at DraftKings. Fade or follow. Stop cheating off my paper. I had him for 49 <laughs> yards, too. Oh, did you really? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I, I've got him right at 48, 49. That's actually what I wrote down as I was getting ready for the pod. I just think he tucks underneath that 50 mark uh, in this particular contest. And you're right. Uh, you know, manages to finally get a receiving touchdown. Uh, those odds would have to be like plus 1,100 for me to be able to try to go back to the well for him to do it again because it's just such an anomaly for him to be able to find the end zone. But you watch us saying that on today's pod probably means that he's going to find a way to splash six again. But he's yeah. not going to hit. He's not going to hit this receiving total. I'll tell you that. Just not enough in the target, uh, uh, in the depth of target as you just talked about. He's one of those guys that can get five or six catches and still stay under this number. Yeah, nickel and dime. That's all Jacoby Myers does. That's why the under should prevail. Number three. All right, let's work in an anytime touchdown prop. And uh, we discussed rah, 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 Ramondre Stevenson earlier this week. Uh, Lundy, with the news that Damian Harris is going to return uh, to the action for the New England Patriots, you can get Ramondre for an anytime touchdown now at FanDuel at plus 135, which is muy interessante. And so is this one. Hunter Henry, anytime TD. Pull this one from FanDuel as well. Plus 200. For reals. Uh, This seems like a gift from the gambling gods. Uh, Henry has scored in six of his last seven games. He's got 14 total red zone targets on the season. His eight end zone targets sets the pace uh, in the tight end category throughout the entire NFL. And on those eight end zone targets, he's converted uh, six of them for touchdowns. You look at Atlanta. uh, They've only given up four touchdowns to tight end position. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, Mike Gusecki, Gronk got in. 
But again, I'm going to follow the trend here. And, you know, Mac Jones only has eyes for Hunter Henry when he is knocking at the door of the goal line. So at plus 200, and again, you shop around. I've seen this at like plus 120 in a couple of books, as low as plus 110. So the two to one odds at FanDuel, again, is an absolute gift. So fade or follow Hunter Henry end zone spike anytime tonight at FanDuel again at that plus 200. Oh, really like this one at plus 200. Again, sometimes you get uh, sometimes you get a good vibe about a particular player prop, and other times you just look at what the potential payout is, and you go, oh, yeah, that one's definitely worth a bet just because you feel pretty solid about your options. If you can give me plus 200 for something that I think is probably just shy of a coin toss as to whether it's going to happen in the game or not, that's, that's an easy payday for me. I like him to be able to splash six because, again, that's all he does. Yeah. Uh, touchdowns, man. He's uh, the Chris Carter of tight ends. Double H and double down on Hunter Henry anytime touchdown at 2-1. to one. Stay tuned for our top picks on Thursday Night Football, plus a ton of action on the hardwood, pros and college, in bonus time. Number two. All right, let's get back uh, to the Thursday night affair down in Hotlanta between the Falcons and the Patriots. And let's look at the guys in black. And uh, the player that has been a standout for this franchise uh, is the rookie sensation Kyle Pitts. However, Lundy, I am taking the under on 64.5 receiving yards. Pull this one from FanDuel at minus 114. Truth be told, I got it at DraftKings at 69. Nice. And a half yards when it opened earlier this week, but I still think he's going to tuck under the 64.5 line, which you can get right now. Uh, Pitts has only been over this total uh, three times in nine games this season, so he's been under on six of nine. Uh, he's up there at ADOT, averaged at the target. He's up there at yards per catch. He's one of the premier field stretchers at the position. Cordero Patterson's availability does murky the waters somewhat. It's kind of foggy. If CPAT is out, then you know Bill Belichick is 100% going to be focused on taking Kyle Pitts out. But even with CPAT in and limited, uh, he may be still the centerpiece of the defensive game plan for the Patriots. So I uh, also look at New England. They've only got up 29 and a half yards per game. Of the tight end position and Dalton Schultz, the only plus size target to go over 64 and a half yards against the Pats this season. So fade or follow Kyle Pitts under 64 and a half receiving yards minus 114 at FanDuel. Well, we know this is what Bill Belichick does. He finds your best weapon, and he tries his best to be able to neutralize it. And to your point, if Cordero Patterson either can't go or is in any way limited, then that means you take the uh, the, the binoculars, the, the spotlight, the scope, and you focus it directly onto Kyle Pitts. And that's exactly what Bill Belichick will do. I think he stays underneath this number. I think even if they try to force feed him with seven or eight targets, I still think it could wind up being a stat line like what we saw – uh, what, two weeks ago against the Saints, which was three catches for 62, and that's only because he had that one big one uh, in the game. Otherwise, he was held relatively in check, really didn't do a lot uh, in that game. I don't think he's going to get that long of a reception against this Patriots team. So if they give him a seven targets and he winds up catching four or five, I still think he stays underneath this number because I think that they're going to keep him uh, from being able to get a lot of yards after the catch. That's what New England's going to be focused on. And it's just wild to look at this Atlanta team. I know that preseason, how high you were on Calvin Ridley, Brad. Yeah. But if you look, if you look at this team, 
their two leading receivers are a tight end and a running back. <laughs> I mean, that's where Atlanta is right yeah. now. Kyle Pitts is their leading receiver. Cordero Patterson is their second leading receiver. And I know that Patterson is basically this hybrid. He's this Swiss Army knife. But, you know, it, it's just it, what Atlanta has been able to do to just have four wins at this point and to still be somehow in the conversation of the NFC playoffs is shocking. Well, just the state of the NFC right now. Uh, I mean, it's like a Schlitz level uh, on the old taste buds. Uh, it is Ooh, pretty pretty nasty. Going to Schlitz? Schlitz, yes. Uh, you know what? I'm desperate enough right now. Uh, what time is it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's early enough or late enough in the day. Hey, bartender, give me a Schlitz and let's bet the under on Kyle Pitts. Number one. All right, let's work on one more. And this is my top pick on the board. And, and hat tip to my buddy, Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funson, for really bringing this to my attention because I was uh, doing research on Jacoby Myers. Remember, we took the under on the 55.5 receiving yards, and he said, you know what, Brad? You should look at Kendrick Bourne. And I looked up his receiving yards props, and I was like, wow, uh, that's a low number. And I'm going to break out the old sledgehammer, and I'm going to apply it to the over on Kendrick Bourne, 33.5 receiving yards, minus 110 at BetMGM. Uh, the reason why I like uh, you know this over is uh, basically Bourne has the identical role as Jacoby Myers. Uh, he lines up in the slot almost the same number of snaps as Myers on a per-game basis, which means my concern originally was he's going to get shadowed by A.J. Terrell, but Myers will shift outside, get some Terrell, he'll go back into the slot. Bourne will do exactly the same thing and really mirror that movement, which means he'll get a piece uh, pretty often of Avery Williams, who, again, has given up a 124.3 pass rating to his assignments. And Bourne has been over this number comfortably, Lundy, in five straight games he's probably the best field stretcher that this new england patriots passing offense has uh, in terms of a dot that is certainly the case so again the board identity are you with me on the over 33 and a half receiving yards minus 110 at ben mgm yes i'm absolutely all over this one you said he's done it in five straight he's done it in seven out of the last eight yeah um and and in the contest that he didn't do it it was the game against the texans where he finished with 26 so he was still you know he was one catch away uh basically if you look across his average on the season you know one more catch and he would have been up over it and then we'd be talking about eight straight games uh for this one so yeah i i really like this uh i really like this number and i appreciate senior fun buns for uh providing us uh with a little tidbit to be able to take advantage of every now and then he's sneaking in some good bets on the nba props but he just locked and loaded a good one for tonight and like you said there's kind of a limited slate of player props that we feel good about in this game um it, it just because again because in part because of the status of Cordero Patterson but um you know to go be able to find something in this contest tonight in one that I think has a really limited selection uh I, I th- thank you Brandon because I desperately needed something to be able to, <laughs> to lose my money on tonight well a couple of the props that have not shown up yet that you should keep an eye out on Ramondre Stevenson receiving yards and receptions uh, I think he's going to get anywhere between 11 to 13 touches even with Damian Harris back on the field and you look at Atlanta they're getting up close to seven catches per game to the running back position so watch out for that one and as well for Mike Davis if Patterson is ruled out I'd be really curious to see what his receiving yards and receptions props are specifically because much like Atlanta, short field coverage uh, has been an allergy 
for New England. They're giving up 6.8 receptions and 65.1 receiving yards per game to the running back position. Joe, so just you know, a couple of added props, not yet to surface, but if they do populate, uh, you know, investigate and potentially take the overs on those. And by the way, fade everything that Senior Fun Bun says about the NBA. That's one thing we have certainly learned, Lundy. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, let's get to it, baby. Bonus time here on this Tequila Thursday. What else you got on your card? Well, I've got what some would call a hump day hockey hangover. As uh, yeah. last night, what was interesting was uh, I, ha- I had one of my game picks right. I actually did really well on my hockey props, uh, but a lot of the rest of it just sort of circled the toilet bowl on me uh, last night. So it's time for us to continue, and I do that by hopping uh, back on the hockey horse. So I already gave you Pittsburgh on the money line. Uh, there's two other money lines that I like tonight, so if you want to put them all together in a three-legger, the payday is plus 313 if you want to throw all of them together. I like Toronto, who's at home against the New York Rangers. Uh, I like the Leafs to be able to take care of business, but they're juiced up to a minus 170. I already gave you Pittsburgh on the road against Montreal. And then Florida, who just continues to play really well um, uh, at the start of this uh, season, despite the fact that they have taken a little bit of a dip. They are at home uh, as the New Jersey Devils are in town to be able to take on Florida. But the crazy part about Florida is uh, they managed to win the other night. They had actually gone on a streak of losing uh, after how they started off the season, and they still had the best record in the NHL. That's how hot they started off the year. So if you put all of those guys together, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Florida, uh, if you want to parlay them all together, you can do them individually. But if you parlay it together at DraftKings, it's a plus 313. So let's see if we can heat things up on the ice tonight. (laughs) You let my mind just kind of wander when you said the crazy part about Florida. And then he rambled on about (laughs) hockey. And I just immediately went to naked people and basalts. That's all oh, I yeah. know. That's all yeah, I know. Absolutely. Like streaking through the public supermarket <laughs> with like a, you know, with like a, a, a jug of milk and a, like a thing I of diapers. I still remember there was a buck naked woman uh, that her video went viral over the summer and she was at an Outback Steakhouse uh, on top of the bar throwing bottles against the wall in Florida. And I'm like, oh, there you go. Uh, put it on the yeah. state seal right there. Yeah, Done. Absolutely. Hashtag, hashtag Florida. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have no Florida-related bets, but uh, let's go with the NBA. Uh, the two-legger didn't work out for us yesterday. We did hit on Zach Levine on the over uh, two-and-a-half made triples, and I got half of that two-leg parlay correct with the Clint Cabela uh, over on rebounds, but uh, Giddy did not get up for us. But I got another two-leg player prop parlay in the NBA with the pride of TCU. Go Frogs. Desmond Bain. Uh, take it on the L.A. Clippers. I'm going to take the over on three and a half rebounds. Uh, Bain's averaging 28 minutes per game this month. He's gone over this total six times this season, including a six-board effort against the same Clippers club back on October 23rd. So that's the first leg. And then I'm going to put that together with Monte Morris. I just need a steal, Lundy. One steal, one swipe of the basketball into his hands. And if he gets that against Philly... Bain over three and a half rebounds. Monte Morris, one steal, plus 151. Morris has logged a steal in six of his last eight games. Let's go to the college basketball hardwood. Uh, Here's the good news. If you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, chances are you've already wagered on basketball because we have day basketball. We got all these holiday tournaments starting to crank up in Charleston. They're tipping off super early today. So not going to focus on any of the action there, but we're going to go to the evening slate. First game up, 
Uh, give me the Ohio State Buckeyes uh, to go into Cincinnati and knock off Xavier. I'm going to lay the two with Ohio State. I got this at minus 110 at DraftKings. I think the juice is now up to minus 120. I'd still wager on it. It's a good number. Ohio State is shooting 36.1% from outside. Xavier, number 276 in the nation so far in three-point percentage. D, and they are stacking bricks, are the Musketeers, from distance, shooting just 25% as a club, and turnovers have been a bugaboo for them. Uh, coughing up 21.3% of their possessions. Remember, they have no Fremantle inside. Advantage, EJ Liddell and company, Zed Key at Ohio State. And then on the late night tip, let's go out west. Washington sucks. Fade Washington is in full effect for every game moving forward, Lundy. And this is going to be a popular theme, I think, on this podcast throughout the college basketball season. So uh, I'm going to saddle up the Cowboys of Wyoming. I got the number at plus four. That number is now down to plus two and a half at some books. And if that number is still available to you right now, just take them on the money line. Uh, against uh, UW. If you look at Washington, one of the worst offensive teams in the country, number 345 in effective field goal percentage. Lundy, they're shooting 36.7% inside the arc. Madness. And Wyoming's got a ton of zone busters and Ducell and Odin and Drake Jeffries, kid from a small town near me, Mattoon, Illinois. Uh, as a collective, they're shooting over 40% as a team. And Maldonado, the six foot seven point guard, will be able to penetrate that zone, kick out, or hit uh, at the elbow and really soften it up. So I love the Cowboys tonight, whether on the money line or what I got them at, at plus four. There you have it. That is a wrap on this loaded edition of the Feed the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, as always, Feed. Or follow. That is up to you. Feed the noise.